This is the podcast about Battletech. Woohoo! Hi, everybody. I'm Scott, uh, and I love Battletech. Uh, joining me today... We're glad you can uh, admit it for everybody. Yep. Joining me today, newer convert than me, but still steeped into it, Caleb. Hello, everybody. I also love Battletech. I've been reading the Battletech books since uh, middle school. Hells yeah. I think is when I started reading them. And I played... Mech Commander 2 back mm-hmm. in the day. I don't think I ever played one of the Mech Warrior games, though. Cool. And uh, joining us as a complete newbie in the world of Battletech, Mike. I'm here to drive the laptop on this podcast and to ask the questions for the other uninitiated l- listeners out there. Well, yeah. So for the uninitiated, we should probably go into what Battletech is. Uh, Battletech at its core is a tabletop game. Uh, you have a hex map, and you have mechs, which are giant robots that are piloted by people. Even I knew that one. Mm-hmm. So it's a hex map. You take turns. You use two six-sided dice for the main core game, and you fight it out. That's it's, not that many dice. No. It's a very, like, tactical game, and it's really, really, really crunchy. Like, there's a lot of rules. A lot of rules. Oh, lot, so lot very of many rules. I've only just started playing Yeah, so it's time. like, all right, well, my gunnery skill is four, and I want to shoot you. And I ran, so that adds a modifier. You moved five hexes. That adds a modifier. And you're in a forest. You're in, you're in a light forest, but yeah, there's a heavy forest. forest between us. So both of those add modifiers. And then um, my weapon range alters things because you're medium range for this weapon, but long for this range. So those are different two hit numbers. And, uh, I, th- I think we get it. Yeah. And so <laughs> then if I hit you, then I have to roll to see where I hit you. Yep. And then we mark dots off on your armor and possibly your internal structure. And then we roll for critical. Combat takes a long time. Yeah. So you're saying the advent of PC games sped this up quite a bit. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot. Uh, but, um, and actually, so they had uh, a bunch of early, early PC games, uh, probably not long after Color. And they were actually based more on the RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had one that was a kind of tactical game, but it actually used squares. But really... Squares it, are for nerds. Yeah, it got a lot bigger with Mech Warrior, which was much more arcadey. It was almost oh, Mech Warrior is the same thing. Yes. So okay, I long time ago remember playing some Mech Warrior PC games. So Mech maybe, Warrior is the first person shooter version of BattleTech. Okay, so maybe I'm not yeah. wholly uninitiated. Yeah, like, it's, I'm driving a robot. This yeah, is fucking sweet. Yeah. Uh, there was the original Mech Warrior, which also came out on like I believe the Super Nintendo. Oh wow! I have a Super Nintendo version of that game. That's um, so cool. Then MechWarrior 2 was kind of the big one for Yeah, people. that's when it went big. Lots well, of around, people played MechWarrior That was around 2. the clans time. And yeah, that, that's like, the one I you played. You picture the Mad Cat slash Timberwolf, mm-hmm. and that became so iconic with Battletech. Is that the one that had like the missile launchers on top mm-hmm. and the Gatling the, gun arms? Yeah. Kind of thing? Hey, yeah. The kind of bubble canopy that looks like an old World War II bomber. Sweet. Yeah. Yep. Actually, no something. Uh, so the Mech Warrior games, there was a Mech Commander game, which was a real-time tactical Ooh, game. I really liked Mech Commander The Mech Commander games were really good. Uh, it died off for a while there after probably Mech Warrior 4? Mech yeah, because there was 4. Mech Warrior 4, and then there wasn't another new one until Mech Warrior Online. Yeah, so it kind of died off on the main thing. Part of that was Microsoft bought FASA. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Microsoft bought FASA at some point. What is, so what is that? Is that the company that makes it? FASA was the company that originally made it. Okay. Uh, Microsoft bought them. Well, actually, yeah, Microsoft bought them and kind of spun off the the books and the tactical game and that stuff to somebody else. Uh, I think that was when Catalyst got them. Oh, yes. But it actually took years. It took a few years where Microsoft just kind of... There was a big lull Didn't there for any. a really long time. Oh, no, no, no. Time. No, they actually spun them off to WizKids, oh. which is the Hasbro subsidiary and Wizards, the people who make magic, because they then tried to reboot it as Dark Age, and they moved the timeline up and put out the little click game that oh, had the little clicky okay. miniatures that were in a blind box that you had to buy. Oh, that's I'm sitting here smiling and nodding. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, a lot so, happened with c- business. Yeah, yes. so Microsoft <laughs> bought them, and that's where the Mech Assault games came for the original Xbox. Oh. So the Mech Assault oh, games Oh, shit, I think came, I played one of those, The too. two I, Mech I Assault games came out from Microsoft. I would say it's not, it's not unreasonable to say that really any property or game that features a guy in a three-story tall robot shooting laser beams at another robot probably was inspired by Battletech. Well, Unless it's Robotech. Yeah. Or Gundam? Or Gundam. Gundam. Yeah. So that gets into maybe the weird thing about Battletech where... The lawsuits. There was a lawsuit back in, I believe, the 80s. The it's 80s? still going on today. That's So Harmony Gold, which owns Macross and some other stuff... They're a uh, bunch of jerks. They're at this point patent trolls because they don't actually put out product anymore, but just sue anybody who has anything that closely resembles them. And they've managed to pull this off for years. This seems like a gig I should get in on. Yeah. Yep. Well, part of it is that early on in Battletech, they had an artist that kind of shamelessly copied a bunch of Macross He took stuff. some liberties with designs. Basically We're traced... Turn it from red to blue! Yeah. Basically traced over a, a bunch of Robotech stuff <laughs> and then like added more details to it and was like this one's a Marauder, not a not a Zentradi command pod. And all of those lawsuits have been going on forever and the mm. worst part about it is that some of the best mechs from lore, like the Marauder, like the Warhammer... And so forth are ones that are caught up in these lawsuits and can't be used in new games right now. So they, but re- they're like the most like when you look at like BattleTech cover art, like the Warhammer is one of the most commonly seen battle te- battle mechs. But that is a Robotech. Thing, yeah, but it is, and so when I, so they redesigned some of them, and they did a redesign, and that was fine for a while, and then this recent BattleTech computer game got big. And like had a, a Kickstarter, huge, yeah. it had a huge Kickstarter and got kind of public, and Harmony Gold sued them again. But they came to an agreement, so they can use the ones they're using, and then hopefully we'll get the others later. There's, yeah, there's some weird things because like it's going through appeals because patent courts have actually came back and said, um, you know, other things were using these for a while, and you did nothing about it. Yeah. You, so, do, you do not have a blanket patent on giant robots of all kinds. I wish I did. Like, they've reworked the designs so that there's, like, they're clearly inspired by those, but they're different. Yeah. So that's the kind of, that's kind of the history of, of Battletech games. And so it's come back to um, MechWarrior Online is kind of big. It's a free-to-play online game that's pretty good. Uh, I like it. Is that more of the... That's uh, Mech Warrior. The, the FPS. Yes, yeah, it is like Mech Warrior. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, ignore the fact that I use my Hotas for that game. <laughs> I'm not that's just because that's you know awesome. how to do it right. And Scott. realistically, if I could, I would also have like foot pedals and things for that. But I'm a psychopath. Um, He's committed. MechWarrior yeah, Online is pretty good. Uh, then BattleTech, which just had its Kickstarter and has now launched, is a turn-based tactical game, and it's fantastic. It's amazing. I'm so happy about it. And I was so many... happy about it. I bought a new computer to play it. Yeah. Shit. Uh, and then coming out real soon is MechWarrior Five. Yeah, it's supposed to be out next year. Which and I'm is play that going too. to use a lot of the assets from MechWarrior Online. But it's building a single-player campaign. Will it be another PC exclusive? Probably. Yeah. Battletech, the new turn-based Battletech, is supposedly works on a Mac. I found out that it doesn't, hence why I bought a gaming PC. Well, it would (laughs) if you had a different video card. Yes, that's true. Apparently, my Mac works just fine if it had the video card upgrade, but my office did not pay for the video card upgrade. Yeah, Macs and video cards. So now I've joined the PC Master Race, and I'm playing all the good video games. Don't do that. Now, I'm sure if you could go out and find the original Xbox Steel Battalion controller, you could conceivably play a MechWarrior game. Oh, my God. Do you remember that thing? I never saw one in person. No I saw pictures. Yeah, that that thing was stupid and ridiculous. So let's talk about let's talk a little bit about this new turn-based game because I want everybody to play it so that I can play against them and destroy them all with it's all of fantastic. my. It's fantastic. It's amazing. It's terrific. Basically, it's the premise of this game is you command what's called a lance, which is four mechs at a time, and that's a standard military unit in the BattleTech universe is four mechs. Unless you're the clans and then it's a star and it's five mechs. But we'll do that in a different episode. We'll talk about that kind of stuff. Oh, we're doing more than one of these. Oh, you better believe we are because this is the best stuff ever. Um, So this this game takes place and you're a mercenary. You're hired by this deposed ruler out in the very rim of the known galaxy, if you will. And she hires you to help her gain her throne back. And over the course of the game, you start with lightweight mechs like a locust and a spider. So you start with a locust, a spider. You have a blackjack. A blackjack, which is a 45-tonner. What are the other two you get? The you Vindicator? Get oh, yeah, you get a Vindicator. Vindicator and spider, locust, Vindicator, blackjack. There's you get one a more. Get... or a Shadowhawk or... It's another, like, 30-tonner. Firestarter? No. No. Something else. Anyways, you start with a limited number, and you you do the missions, you earn money, you get salvage for the mechs, you do your thing. Between the main story missions, you go off and are just a mercenary. You take contracts to go and capture a base, or rescue a person from a base, or just... Eliminate pirates. Eliminate pirates and so forth. And as you go through the game, you, uh, you salvage stronger and stronger mechs. You move up to things like my favorites, like the Shadowhawk, the Orion, um... The Highlander, which is just super overpowered in that game. That well, that Highlander specific. That specific Highlander in that one yep. story mission. Yep. Um, um, but the key thing is that that is a kind of brutal game in that losses matter. Yes, they do. It made me so sad. How long did uh, you start with the with a core group of of mech warriors in your land? So you, you have your ask player me how character. How long it took for Decker to die? I am. So you start with you start with your player character, and then you have uh, Glitch, Behemoth, and Decker are their call signs. Mm-hmm. My Decker lasted three missions. 
which I guess was pretty good at the time, right, when the yeah. game launched. Like, people are now getting him all the way to the end. But how long did yours last? Uh, he died on the first mission. Oh, God. Decker and that Spider-Man. He just can't. Yeah. He um, can't do it. He got he got a PPC to the head and died real fast. My problem was that I miscalculated a jump and jumped him over a hill and forgot about uh, initiative. <laughs> and oh, then the enemy no. came around the hill and he was the only one they could shoot at. Oh, no. That's how I lost um, my Decker. Behemoth is still alive for me and I'm oh, in the end game. That one made me, that one hurt me. I had kept Behemoth alive for a long time. She was my, she was maxed out. Mm-hmm. And she had she was she was my brawler right yeah. she was she was rolling in a shadowhawk and then she was rolling in an Orion for a while okay and she was just doing work and then bam AC twenty to the head Behemoth's yeah. dead um, and I I stood up from my computer and I walked away I traded Glitch for a uh, King Crab oh that's not a good trade though. Well, I mean, a king crab is always a good trade. Uh, a mech called a king crab sounds funny to me. It looks like a giant crab. At the end of its arms, it has pincers that protect the end of the cannons. And it opens them and then shoots and then closes them again. The clamps. The clamps. <laughs> Give them the clamps. The king crab is It is the so best brutal. one. The king crab and the atlas are the largest mechs in the game. Yep. I like them a lot. I don't have <laughs> a king crab yet. Spinner. I have a I have an Atlas. I have three Highlanders. That's what I'm rolling right now yes, in the sir. end game. But all my Highlanders are just AC twenties and medium lasers all over the place. Um so that game's fantastic. It is. Everybody should play it. It's amazing. It captures what I love about Mech Warrior, which is both you get kind of that grand space opera of deposed duchess and the fight to retake her kingdom and the uncle that betrayed her and the backstabbing politics great houses that supported her that now support him but some of them are doing so under duress and it's about factions and pawns and grand strategies but also you're a mercenary group that like has Maybe a dozen pilots at most under your under your contracts, and you kind of scrape by from month to month. And sometimes you're not sure. I was terrified in the early game. I was going to run out of money and have to start. Like you can go bankrupt real easily, and sometimes you're selling things that you really want to keep, but you got to pay the bills. Yeah, and sometimes you got to fire people that got injured because. Well, you can't because they're going to be in the med bay for 120 days. You cannot sit in the med bay for 120 so, days and have me pay so you. So they three get months. hurt in the line of duty, and you pull their health because <laughs> you have to pay. Them? You have to pay their salary every month of game time. You know, it's a good thing Stu's not here. He would have just fucking exploded. <laughs> All right. So it's like this weird hardcore business sim. <laughs> at the same time as like. As action robots shooting each other. Like a rogue-like, almost brutal, turn-based tactical game. I was not prepared for the managerial side of the game. Because the only computer game I had played with any kind of significance in the last eight years was World of Warcraft. Which is obviously nothing like... A turn-based Battletech game. So, like, we the first few missions, I was fine because I was just like, oh, I'm moving my things, making my choices, shooting guys, and, and winning. Then it's like, like, oh, I need then to Then suddenly I have mech. to, like, refit my mech, and I was like, oh, shoot. 
Yeah, that, where am I going to get this stuff? <laughs> that that sort of reminds me of um, Elite Dangerous, the um, flight yes. sim game. That that's one of the aspects of Elite Dangerous I wasn't a fan of back when it you know first came out was like the the business part. And, well, and then I didn't keep playing it because I was like, well, this isn't Tie Fighter, so I'm not going <laughs> to keep going. But the other uh, the yeah. other game, BattleTech, is apparently very uh, synonymous with is XCOM Two. Yes, I guess that's. A very big inspiration for the game. And I'd never played XCOM, but apparently a lot of actual You've gamers You've got a cool have. PC. You should pick up XCOM. It's on my wish list now. I'll be playing it at some point. XCOM, the new reboot, is probably pretty cheap and is really good. Yeah. So Get a lot of players had played XCOM. They got into that part of the Battletech game and were like, oh, I know what we're doing here. I got to train up my pilots. I got to pick skills for you them. You can't play that game like you play XCOM, though. You'll yeah. get murdered if you try and play that game like XCOM. Cool, Scott. What's your, what's your favorite mech in the Battletech game so far? Um, I'm still a huge fan of the Orion. The Orion because it's a general purpose mech. And so... Sturdy I, as all get out, yeah, I discovered. Yeah. Um, so this is not for me. This is something I heard on a podcast when they were talking about Battletech, but like there's such a value to the general purpose mech that can kind of do a little everything. Shadowhawk and Thunderbolt are also yes. Mechs like that. There's there's these, some mechs like have just fucking sweet names. Yeah, like there's some mechs like the catapult that's just like I do fire support. Oh, I sit at range and launch LRMs. It took me so long to get a C1 catapult. Mm-hmm. I was stuck with freaking K2s. Like okay. I had like I salvaged like six K2s. <laughs> I was like I don't need no PPCs and medium lasers on my catapult. I need missiles. I need right. lots and lots of missiles. So like there's mechs like that that are built to do one thing and they're good at it. And then there's mechs like a Shadowhawk or a Thunderbolt or an Orion. And I ran. It's like, these are the mechs that you need when shit goes down and, like, your initial plans have gotten screwed up. And these are the mechs that can kind of save you from that, where it's like, okay, well, now I'm going to do some light fire support with this. Crap, they're getting close. Now I have to, like, kind of brawl with you. And now I need to kind of flank with you. Like, mechs that can kind of do a lot of things are really valuable because... Never in any of these missions does th- do things go exactly as you planned. So uh, if there's anyone that's stuck with us that has not played Battletech before and didn't just totally tune out, um, I have some uninitiated questions for you. Awesome. So, so you've talked a lot about the single like player campaign. How mm-hmm. long does that take? Can you give me an estimate as to like, how many missions that is and hours it took me, and stuff? It took me 54 hours to get through it of gameplay. How long did it take you? Uh, I haven't finished. I'm at the point of no return. Oh, okay. You're on the Cormadier mission? Yeah, and I think I'm at like 30-something hours. Okay. Yeah, Um, and then... But part of that is that I have a familiarity going into it, so I can like go in and go, okay, I know how to refit a mech, so I know weights by by memory, so I'm not having to like spend time to go, okay, well, if I pull out this large laser, what can I replace it with? I did not uh, I have to that calculate out a ton inch and how much stuff weighs. I go, okay, large lasers, five tons. I've got space for two medium lasers, two heat sinks, and something else. So, yeah. so if, you, if you are newer to the game aspect of it, you might spend more time. Yeah, that's what happened to me. You're I would be say reading that stuff, and it's going to pop up text. And it's really good about this, by the way. It Ideas and concepts that need more explanation are highlighted, and if you will... Take your mouse they over. They did a great job. With it that. like opens up a little window and has like a longer description because they don't want to do things like have two characters 
discussing something, the backstory of something that they both completely understand the backstory of. It's not like two characters are like, well, you know that, well, the Tarian conquered it, and then go into like a back history of the Tarian conquered it. But you can highlight, hover over that text the and tell con- you. That'll be in a separate window. The characters know what that thing is, and they will just keep going. Okay. So, like, if you're not new, to, if you're new to the universe, like, you're going to be hovering over that and taking longer, reading little side stuff, and like going over more of that stuff. Like, oh, well, what is this concept? I would say and also were... you're going to spend more time in the refit because you're like actually looking at things yeah. and going, all right, well, medium laser. How much does a medium laser weigh? Okay, it makes one ton versus this AC two, which there's a lot of little details that you six? can you can okay. get lost in if you really feel like. I think this the campaign is like. 20 some odd actual missions in between between each one you have to go do a set number of mercenary contracts usually like two or three before the next story campaign one will pop up so you could mainline it through that that but you kind of depending on how well you're doing you might want to be doing more of those side missions i definitely did more money and get more salvage i i think i did easily six to eight Mercenary each. missions between, and probably didn't need to. By the time I got to the end, I think I was in a, a better place than I thought yeah. I needed to be. But because um, apparently you can beat the game pretty, pretty easily with just mediums and heavies, yeah. you don't actually need assault mechs to no. do it. I bet you could probably like if you knew exactly what you're doing and were pretty good at it, you could burn through the whole story campaign in like 12, 16 hours of game time. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, is there any planned single-player DLC that's been announced or anything? They haven't announced anything, but, but they've made it pretty clear there will be. The game, the game has taken off in ways that Harebrained Schemes was not expecting. Yeah, they they sold. I think I saw an AMA with the with the developer. They sold like three times as many copies as they thought they'd sell in the first week. Oh wow! So they're basically they've basically printed money in their life. And that's everything having, is on the table yeah. now. And that's beyond having a Kickstarter that was wildly successful. Yeah, like I think they fully funded in a day or two. Yeah, people were wanting another BattleTech game pretty badly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bought in high enough that I have house heraldry in my room. I have a banner of. House I wish America. I would have known about I've the Kickstarter. Big old BattleTech dick is, I assume. What yeah. That means. Well, no, because there were like. Here's the thing in that game: there are Kickstarter backers that are pilots, and I wish I had had the money to yeah. get it back. They got to write their own like backstory. Oh shit! Like they put their characters it's in the cool. game. Like they have a different portrait that's noticeably different than the other. Because like all the badges, others are special... like done using the character creator. Okay, sweet. But then there's some that are very clearly crafted in such a way that you couldn't get out of the character creator. Mm-hmm. And they have like a more extensive back history and all that. And they are noted with like Kickstarter backer. Okay. So what can you... Uh, uh, we've, ma- we've mainly talked about the single player game. Tell me about the multiplayer experience. Is it always it's, 1v1? What's the matchmaking it's like? It's one person versus one person, but you can go up to four max per. Okay. And yeah, they have the way the multiplayer is set up is you can do one of two things. One, you can lock in to only stock mech builds, which is you just pick your mechs. You have a budget. It's either 10 million, 15 million or 15, 20 or 25 million Mm -hmm. or unlimited. Most people from what I've seen online, most people really kind of like that 20 million middle ground. Mm -hmm. And you, you check the box. It's like stock mechs only. So you can't change them to your personal preference of weapon loadout and whatnot. You get the standard loadout. Each one costs a certain amount. You pick up to 
to four that stays underneath the budget, and off you go, and you pick a map, and you play. And you have different pilots and different pilots. Yeah, different pilots different and things thoughts. you can choose from. Do, do different pilots have, like, different abilities yes. or skills? Yeah, there's an ability tree. Okay. Yeah. How long does one of those uh, standard, like, stock mech games take? Uh... I don't know. Because it's still like a, it's, it's still turn based in yeah. the multiplayer. I haven't, right? I haven't been able to play a multiplayer one. But like a single player mission that's kind of straightforward like that. 30, 45 about, minutes. That at most. I've been getting about 20. Yeah. yeah. Like you average about 20 minutes. It's like I've been rolling noobs. It's well, well <laughs> I haven't been playing the multiplayer. So. Yeah. Multiplayer takes, from what I've read online, I've been trying to play it, but the multiplayer servers have been kind of messed up. Okay. They've been trying to fix them. Multiplayer. Apparently takes longer because when it's not the AI making decisions, and in some cases the AI becomes really predictable in this game when you're yeah. playing the campaign missions mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's not the AI, everybody is much more cautious and much yeah. more strategic. They send a scout out to the left side of the map to try and get a sensor lock while their long-range missile boat is on the right side of the map for indirect fire. They send one guy down the middle and another guy jumping from behind a hill. When you play the standard missions, the AI doesn't do that. The AI takes all four mechs and runs them right down your throat. <laughs> oh, my style of play. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which works great for me because that's also how I yeah, play. Yeah, but if you know they're going to do that, you can kind of turn things into a yeah. meat grinder. About halfway through the campaign, I realized, don't go down the road. Go around the hills, mm-hmm. and then it, everything became a lot easier for uh, me. Have you realized, because it doesn't ever say it, but... Um, if you are on higher elevations than them, <coughs> you have higher chances to hit like their head. They added a they added a, a, a tooltip in. Oh, okay, good, good. And if you're shooting at them from below, you're more likely to hit their legs. Yep. And sometimes that's a choice that you want to make. But I really want to get into the multiplayer part. It, I don't know that I want to play a bunch of uh, just random guys because that's not really my thing. I don't like people that take things too seriously. Yeah. But I have several friends like Scott and Reese and a couple others that are playing the game. And once they get the multiplayer server stuff sorted out, I'd like to be able to be like, hey, Scott, Thursday night, 10 o'clock, get online, let's play a game. So so it sounds like with the, the servers being messed up, there's not a huge like either community-based like, you know, clan setup or organized like tournament yet. structure no. yet. No. Not yet. It will probably get there over time. Hairbrain Schemes has said that they want that to be a thing. But, but multiplayer was multiplayer from what I understand, and Scott may be able to point this out, was a was a Kickstarter add-on. It wasn't gonna be yeah. part of the game originally, but then oh, they funded so okay. hard. It was a they stretch like, goal, actually. It was a stretch goal, and so it got developed last. So it's mm-hmm. pretty bare bones. Bare bones. And I imagine it will get beefed up and sorted out. So also what I've seen is that apparently it the code that they did to build the game is pretty open. Yeah, so there it's, are it's, it's gonna hundreds be, of mods already. It's very mod-friendly already, even though not officially supported mods. Yeah. But it's very mod-friendly. Like, I think... I mean, the, the settings the, file is an open is an yeah. open JSON file, which, yeah, like, the, makes me salivate. I could change the whole game. The very easy, and so you can... Modding is going to be pretty easy, um, which means... I'm going to change my starting lance for my next playthrough. Instead <laughs> of, a, like... 20 tonners, I'm going to give myself all like 35 tonners just, uh, for, just for fun. I want to see a mod that allows you to purchase some of that Star League tech. There is. Oh, they're all over the place. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I need to check out some mods. Um, yeah. So it sounds like it'll be pretty easy for them to add things to it to build on this. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they cut their teeth on those Shadowrun games before. 
and those are very famously actually pretty wide open for mods and they were able to churn out expansions and spin-offs for that pretty quick and pretty easily that were still very well received yeah because part of it is just writing and the writing is very good their writers are knowledgeable and capable and it's a fun doing game this thing for a while so it's a lot of fun it was better than i expected it to be okay so i'm going to give each of you 30 seconds to sell this game to a new player. So, you know, take some time thinking about what you're going to say or whatever. But, uh, and th- this this isn't just some bum off the street. It's, you know, somebody who's familiar with, you know, uh, PC games or, or whatever. Somebody who plays video games. How do you sell them on this particular game? It is a game where you have giant robots that are shooting lasers and missiles at each other where your choices matter, that choices have consequences, and your moves and actions have meaning. Like, make a wrong move, and it can devastate you for a while, and make the right moves, and you're profitable. And it looks great, it plays very well, and is really affordable, actually. All right, that's a pretty pretty solid 30-second pitch. Because I think it's thirty nine ninety nine. Thirty nine ninety nine. Yep. Caleb, what what what's your thirty second pitch to? Mine will come from the viewpoint of someone who's not a regular PC gamer because I've oh, only okay. just come into that, and he gave the perfect gamer pitch. I'm gonna say if you're a fan of science fiction and you love the idea of a galaxy full of ruling houses who are trying to maintain their power, and the way they do that is through thirty foot tall robots that can use. Any kind of missile, you can change out their equipment. The pilots are like uh, rock stars. And you want to live in that world for a little bit. And you want to blow some stuff up, be a hero, maybe mess yourself up a little bit at the same time. It's a great world to get in. The universe for Battletech is so rich and so full. Everybody should give it a shot. You both did a good job of even sticking to the time. I know I gave you the countdown, but you, mm-hmm. you'd plan that out well. That's that, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, you've sort of sold me on it. I'd, I'd like to you go check home it out. and, and uh, you know, check it out. It, it's a Steam game, right? It's on Steam. Yeah. It's also on good old games. I think it's on... I got mine through Steam. Okay. Like, I think you can buy it from a number of places, but it's on Steam, which is real easy, or good old games, which is also real easy. It's available for PC. It's available for Mac. I they have a Linux version coming or might be up and running already. I don't care now. I got a PC. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, and then after you get into some Battletech, like there's novels. and Yes, and we're definitely going to do another episode of this show that talks about just Battletech lore and the books because it is unreal. For that matter, hey, I know we probably have some people from our old podcast who are Star Wars nerds listening to this. Uh, Michael A. Stackpole, who has written a bunch of X-Wing books and Star Wars books. Writes the best of the Battletech Has written books. a lot of Battletech books, oh, including wow. some of them. I did not know that. Among them, some of the core books that kind of set the tone for eras. So he has written a number of very pivotal <coughs> Battletech books. And like I actually have known him more for Battletech than yep. for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, I got way into Michael E. Stackpole books before he ever wrote any X-Wing books. So... That's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Scott and I both love Battletech. We'll talk about it more. No, I had no Battletech idea. lore. Like once we get into like the actual Battletech lore and some succession of the, wars and clan invasion and the jihad, it's insane. Yeah, no, the the Battletech books are and lore and all that stuff is pretty fantastic. Well, I guess we can look forward to that episode coming up, and uh, I'm a, I, that one I might just hit record and then walk out of the room and let you two go. No, for that's the one. <laughs> By the way, that's the one that we should call up Ricky from Scum and Villainy and get him as a oh, guest. Oh, right, on. He, he's, oh, he's, he's, he's also way into this. So nice. nice. Uh, shout out to him. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we've gone on long enough. Do you do you? have any final thoughts about like Battletech what you hope to see from the game or are you, are you um, thinking of a sequel already or I would like to see them put out just like more expansions I'd like to see another single player thing maybe I'd like to see them open up the map a little bit more and I think we will see that uh, mm-hmm. the game takes place in the year 3025 in that era of Battletech bef- it's pre or, four succession war. yeah and, and so there's like lots 3020 of 3020 or one. there's lots of major it's events in Battletech lore mm-hmm. There's well, the there fourth, are, fourth yes. succession war. Yeah. There's the clan invasion. There's the, the the all sorts of stuff. There's another hundred mechs that could be added to this game. Um, I think that if so, Brain does it right, they will do DLCs that are campaigns that take your mercenary company. And mercenaries are a huge part of BattleTech lore in mm-hmm. the books and everything. That some of the Biggest things are all mercenary groups. It, it gets into a weird like feudal system thing because yeah. it's such a huge star-spanning empire that you kind of have to run it in a feudal system where it's like, well, this planet is run by a lord, and he swears fealty to a province lord, and he swears fealty yeah. to the Gatling guns. So yeah. all his mechs. Have so what Gatling I think, guns. what I think would be actually, so that's a funny thing. Uh, House Davion. Is way into auto cannons. Yeah, each of the ruling houses has their weapons of choice. <laughs> of but I think what to do. answer your <laughs> to answer your question, I think what I expect Hairbrain Schemes to do is okay, give us DLCs that take the mercenary company you create in this first original game and expand the story and say, hey, now we're in the four succession war. Pick one of the ruling houses, and you're going to be hired by them and do missions for them. And then maybe you Spoiler change your allegiances. Maybe don't pick House Liao. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't ally with the Confederation. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get yeah. that. That's uh, the reason I was kind of specific about years is because of where they are in the timeline. There's like a specific big kind of event called the Fourth Succession War that kind of kicks off at 3025. Mm-hmm. And this is pre that. And that specific war changes a lot of the landscape of the Technology universe. and things like that. Like, it changes a lot. Like that's kind of the big turning point. That's one of the big turning points. The later, the next big turning point is the clan invasion, and that's thirty forty eight. Okay. There's a lot of good story points that this game can expand into. I bet they could do what a dozen DLCs before they'd even begin to run out of content. Yeah, yeah. Like there's tons of stuff. Uh, there's still the you could get involved in the Merrick Civil War, which is taking place around this time. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we've uh, gotten to the end of the episode. Caleb, you want to give us the uh, the wrap up? The I was going to say one last thought, Caleb. Oh. If you could add one mech to this Fine. game, which mech would you add? The Raven. The Raven's a little higher tech than what you're looking at. Uh, it's in that right era. It's very much a compelling or, mech. I take it back. I changed my answer. Mm-hmm. This is going to seem dumb. I want the Charger. The, you know, that's actually kind of on my list. I want a 90-ton really scout stupid. mech. 
the the Chargers like it's a Scout Mac, but they used a super heavy chassis. So it's like we built a sports car out of this diesel eighteen wheeler. <laughs> Wait, what? Why would you do that? Because we can. Yeah. It, this Mac weighs eighty tons and has two and a half tons of that for weapons. And the rest is kind of the engine. But but can it beat up Gypsy Avenger? Gypsy? Okay. Here's, here's something <laughs> oh, you should shit. know. I should um, have done that. <laughs> the largest mech in Battletech is the Atlas, and it is 30 feet tall, give or take. Gypsy Avenger is, you know, like 200 feet tall. Okay. <laughs> If not more, so like just the Avengers, the size of a skyscraper. So these are more on the scale of like the the little roly one that the girl built in. The yes, shitty that's that's more what the scale okay. of these are. <laughs> so like they're big mechs, but like they're not fuck all big. <laughs> they're not the size of you know a cityscape. Yeah. Uh, I would add the Marauder, and that's you know I mean the Marauder needs to be in the game, and yeah. it will be sooner or later. Uh, failing that, I mean, I actually kind of have a soft spot for the Valkyrie. I'd be okay with that. The Wasp would also be a great one. Like, that's where there's, like, this empty hole in this game where, like, the Wasp, the Stinger, and the Phoenix Hawk should be. Where those are very iconic mechs that were mass-produced and aren't in the game. Yeah. And, and they f- will be sooner or you later. You feel it because those are lawsuit-tied-up mechs. Yeah. So... Okay, so... So, wrap up. Wrap up, we're out of... I'm putting my foot down. We are actually ending this time. Okay. Um, Thanks for joining us, everybody. uh, This is the podcast. can be found on Facebook under This is the Podcast. If you want our tag on Facebook, it is This is the Podcast, SLC. We also have Twitter now, because Mike made me make one. That's right, it is. uh, The Podcast, SLC, is the handle there, because This is the Podcast. It's a little too long. Bum, bum, bum. We didn't plan ahead. Um, if you would like to send us a topic, maybe, that you want us to talk about on the show, you can email us at contact at thisisthepodcast.net. That will send us an email. Maybe we'll pick your topic and talk about it one day. And if you want to just find our episodes to listen to them, just go to thisisthepodcast.net. That will redirect you straight to our Podbean. And cool. we are also uh, now on you know Stitcher, Spotify, uh, the Google Play Store, wherever oh, yeah, where, right. wherever podcasts can be found. And if we're not on your favorite podcast service, just let us know and we'll fix that. And that's it, I think. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. That was the podcast about Bottle Tech. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.